When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We'd like to welcome to the Armstrong and Getty Show, Mark Hamrick, Washington Bureau Chief Senior Economic Analyst with Bankrate.com to talk about a couple of different things on economics. Hey, welcome to the show. Appreciate it. Good to be with you, Jack. Thank you. So I don't know where to start. What's on your radar? Like, what do you, what do you, headed into 24, what do you think's the biggest thing going out there? Uh, inflation, uh, mortgage situation, consumer spending, what's, 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 the, what's, what's your headline? Well, aside from Santa and his reindeer on the radar, uh, right. in terms of economic issues, uh, obviously inflation is the number one issue uh, for, let's say, 2023, but there have been sort of bluer skies here which has been represented in improving consumer sentiment numbers consumer spending has been a little better than expected the stock market at record highs for the blue chip averages uh we're seeing gasoline prices down at the lowest levels in about two years so it's been a pretty grim period over the course of the pandemic to say the very least and we've had a lot of volatility and surprises but i think the prospects are looking better as we prepare to end the year. I'm a little, well, I don't know if I'm concerned or not, because I'm not, consumer spending isn't always a good thing. If spending if people are spending money they don't have and racking up credit card bills, that's not necessarily good for the economy. But we had that giant quarter over the summer where consumer spending was much stronger than we were expecting. It'll be interesting to see coming out of this holiday season if people were still feeling so flush or not. <laughs> Ultimately, the question is, can the consumer uh, sort of resilience be sustained? And I think your point's well taken. You know, the average for the best qualified borrowers getting offers from credit card companies is now 21%. Uh, That's a very steep price to pay if you're among those who are racking up a trillion dollars in credit card debt. And the store card charges are, uh, on average, closer to 29%. Wow, 30%! Good God! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, obviously, very costly and and to be avoided, which is why 
you know, more often than not, you're, you know, using your own card at checkout in many of these chain stores. And the question they ask you first is not whether you're having a good day, but would you like to sign up for their store <laughs> right. card, you know? Right. So, but the main thing right now is uh, unemployment's at 3.7%. That's remarkable. Virtually nobody had that on uh, their forecast nope. at the ending up the year. Uh, and the Federal Reserve not only has avoided raising interest rates at the last three meetings, it's now uh, forecasting that it could be cutting rates uh, three times by one quarter of 1% next year, which, by the way, would be reflected with lower credit card interest rates. But, you know, if you're accumulating a lot of debt, uh, you know, you're getting behind the eight ball on that. I feel like I've seen a couple of people in recent days and i realize these sorts of headlines get lots of clicks which might be why people say them but a couple of different people saying there's a major real estate correction coming going to be historic but things are really really weird because so many people are locked into these you know 2.9 percent loans you're not going to move unless you absolutely have to interest rates being where they are now prices are at least around where i live ridiculously high still what do you think uh, I don't look for anything like that with the a residential housing market. The concern is really about office commercial real estate, and and we're seeing that in process, and and you know that has implications for uh, the financial system and and banks and uh, the owners uh, of of those properties. But in terms of residential real estate, uh, we couldn't be. Uh, farther from the conditions that led to the great financial crisis and uh, the housing bubble in the mid-early 2000s because it was at that point where there was a lot of fraud going on with respect to uh, mortgage applications and processing. Uh, it was too easy to get a mortgage. There wasn't sufficient documentation. And we really did have uh, kind of a, a, a violent regulatory reaction to that. Uh, in the sense of overhauling the system. So that's not my concern at all. We have too little inventory, to your point, uh, which is why home prices have remained uh, resilient and uh, are still up 4% year over year with existing home sales and the number we got today. Do you expect several rate cuts next year? That's the base case at this point. Uh, What we require for that is for uh, let's say if we only get three rate cuts of one quarter of 1%, uh, that requires the economy to remain sort of continuing to grow, if not at the average rate, uh, close to average, meaning we avoid an actual economic contraction. And that requires further progress with inflation, with the headline number on the consumer price index rising about 3% year over year. But I will say this, Jack, and I think this is probably among the most important observations that I can make about the current state of the economy, and it's taken me a long time to get to this point, not only in the show, but over the course of the process, and that is that uh, there is some disconnect between what people see in the economic headlines where that where you know there's sort of this take that the economy is quote unquote good and what people have experienced right. leaving aside the recent developments and the reason for that is that uh, retail prices are essentially up 19% compared to pre-pandemic levels so if you had somebody coming to you and saying we need to essentially erase one-fifth of your uh, spending resource, uh, your ability to spend, you'd say, well, that's among the worst things that could possibly happen to me. And that's been the experience, which obviously does most adversely affect those with lower and middle incomes as well. Yeah, I, I feel like 
a lot of people reporting on economics don't understand that the fact that the rate of inflation has gone down doesn't mean the prices have gone down or back to where they were before right. because that's what people feel and I, I i actually think a lot of people don't understand that uh, I, I agree which is why uh, we're trying to talk about it more to try to sort of bridge that divide of understanding and and sentiment and ultimately it's about empathy right in other words sure. Uh, you can't just keep whistling in the wind and, and not acknowledge the wind. Uh, and so I want to point out, if people are so inclined, my colleague Sarah Foster at Bankroll has written a tremendous piece in the last couple of weeks, which gets to the notion of what some, particularly in social media, dare I say TikTok, referring to as either the quiet recession and the silent recession. And that is what people are experiencing is, is this loss of purchasing power versus the technical definition of a recession, which not is, has not been met, but doesn't make those people feel any better, or maybe I just say all of us feel any better about the diminution uh, of purchasing power. Yeah, and, and obviously emotionally, if you're feeling something and somebody tells you, no, you're not, it makes you angry. Um, and when I, yeah. you, I fully understand, because we talk about this all the time, that the rate of inflation is, what, a third, a fourth, where it was at its worst. But if I take my two kids to, to Kentucky Fried Chicken and I spend 60 bucks for the three of us, I still go, oh, my God, I can't believe I spent 60 bucks at Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yeah, imagine how the chicken felt. Uh, <laughs> right, but, exactly. <laughs> it's like I'm not even the middleman. But, no, I mean, absolutely. And we've all had that experience where you go to maybe it's a sandwich shop or even to get a salad and, you get out of there and uh, and you're like, wow, how did that cost 20, 25 bucks for sure? How, how, how long do you think it takes for people to get used to where prices are? So even if we got back to 2% inflation, you know, the target, yeah. it's going to take a while before I'm not shocked by the prices of things. And I was not an adult back in the late 70s, early 80s, the last time we did this. How long does it take people to get used to new prices as a set point? I don't know that everyone will get used to that, uh, but over time, uh, barring any, you know, sort of catastrophic economic developments that would include the likes of hyperinflation or, you know, an economic contraction that really does send a lot of people to the uh, virtual unemployment lines, it's just going to take, you know, a, a process and it's going to be different for everybody depending on their financial capability. For people who have, you know, well above let's say, the average household income, you know, to them it's largely academic, right? But but to, I, I would just say, you know, the, the typical household, um, I think it's going to take some time. And, and what is helping with this at the moment, just in terms of real-time data, is that wage growth is now outpacing the recent or current inflation rate. So that means sort of only with respect to real-time you are doing better, but that's also like, well, you got rid of your fever at the moment, but you also, you know, still have some residual effects from the illness that you were recently suffering. You personally, are you done with your Christmas shopping? Great question. Uh, that gets to a very controversial subject here in the Hammerick household, which is <laughs> I, at 30 plus years of marriage, I still don't seem to do a great job purchasing for my wife. Oh, boy. But I think that, uh, meaning, you know, there's a disconnect between my uh, comprehension and, and other things. <laughs> but uh, in terms of the purchasing process, the answer is yes, we have uh, we have reached that uh, sought after finish line. <laughs> Fantastic. Mark Hamrick, Washington Bureau Chief, Senior Economic Analyst, Bankrate.com. Thanks for your time today. Appreciate it. 
My pleasure. Happy holidays. Happy New Year to all there, Jack. Thank you. Thank you, and you too also. I love the fact that he kept up his, his you know, uh, straight economic delivery through his answer about the Christmas gifts. Uh, the process for buying the presents has not met with the expectations of... <laughs> The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.